you ever find yourself worrying about how to make your character arcs epic? Like, you totally want to write a really great character arc that's going to be totally unique and different from anything any other author has done. But how do you figure out what that is, right? <laughs> I mean, you want to, um, you know, make the right decisions for your characters, but at the same time, you keep getting stuck because you don't know if this is the right decision and you second guess yourself and you're just not really sure where you should go with this in order to make it epic and in order to make it hit chords with your reader, right? Well, if you've ever worried about that before, this episode is for you. We are going to talk about templates for character arcs that are guaranteed to give your readers all the feels and really, really connect them to your character and to your story, but that you can still make unique to your own vision of your you know, work in progress that you're um, currently working on. Okay, so stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Hi, Liesl. Thank you for your podcast. I love to start my writing day with one of them, and it's always a great way to get inspired and move forward. Thanks. The volume of Liesl's information is amazing, and the quality is excellent. Thank you for your generosity in sharing all of this information. That was from T.R. Stevens on SpeakPike. Thank you so much, T.R., for that review. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that you're uh, finding some inspiration in the advice and also that it's helping you start your writing day. That makes me so happy. So if anyone else would like to either leave a review on SpeakPipe or you can even ask me a question there if there's something that you want to know or you want me to do a, a podcast episode on a particular topic, you can go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash the prolific author and I might just feature either your review or your question on the podcast. Okay, so um, let's get into our topic for today which is about character arcs. So I remember a time when I was first starting out and I really wanted to write something epic, right? We all do. We want to write, you know, quote unquote, the next American novel, which is really not very much a thing. But I, I definitely wanted to wow my readers. I wanted to have very dynamic characters that would change, that would give my readers all the feels when they were reading my book, you know. But I wasn't sure exactly how to do that. I mean, of course, it's going to look different for every author and every story you write, just depending on the characters you've created, the world you've created, the plot you've created, all of that. So, you know, you tend to find yourself doubting 
it's not even so much your writing abilities, but whether you're making the right choices for your characters. And I get this from a lot of other authors and from my students, that they get um, indecision, what you might call indecision paralysis, where they can't make a decision about where to take their character or you know what's going to happen next and then it keeps them from moving forward in their story and of course that's not what we want we want to move forward with confidence in our narrative and really know where we're going with it so here's the thing even though <laughs> plenty of you who listen are plotters and plenty of you are pantsers and a lot of you are a little of both you know you're everyone's somewhere on the spectrum right whether you're a plotter or a pantser, it doesn't really matter. You still can't write a really great character arc unless you understand the nature of character arcs, okay? This is why I love talking about this stuff and I love to teach what I teach because it really helps you to understand the nature of writing fiction, okay? It's not just what your second grade teacher told you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching you the choir here, but it's not a matter of just throwing together a random sequence of events and a few characters and throw a romance in there and a, a sword fight or whatever the case may be, okay? It's so much deeper than that. It's so much more psychological than that, okay? So I understand that you want to write something new and different and completely unique to what any other writer has ever written in the history of the world. But here's something you have to understand. That is not what your reader wants, okay? As human beings, even if it's on an unconscious level, we are looking for certain things from our stories, okay? And I can promise you what your reader is looking for is not for your character to meander around without direction and accidentally wander off the rails, okay? And, and I hear you, people are going, well, yeah, but what about pantsers, okay? Pantsing has really nothing to do with character arcs. Pantsing is the way in which you discover your story and your character, right? Um, it's either pantsing or it's outlining or it's a combination of the two. But here's the thing, even among pantsers, the most successful authors out there, their character arcs are still going to fall into one of these templates that I'm about to show you today. Okay, so have someone like Stephen King, okay? He's a very famous pantser, and he is one of the most successful authors in probably the history of the world, okay? But pantsing has nothing to do with it. He understands how to tell a story. He understands how to write a character arc, and that is why he's successful. He may pants what's going to happen and how he's getting there in the story, but when push comes to shove, believe me, he understands the psychology of storytelling, and that is why he's so successful. He has applied that in his genre in such a powerful way that he's very, very successful at selling books and that is what we want, okay? So I'm gonna give the um, disclaimer, if you will, that if you're really just writing for you and writing for fun and you don't really care, then of course you can do whatever you want with your story and you can do that anyway. But if you want to sell books to readers, if you want readers to be in love with your story and come back to you as an author again and again, you need to understand the psychology of storytelling a little bit better than that, okay? You have to understand what readers are looking for in character arcs. So let's get down to what it is. There are three types of character arcs that I'm going to go over today. And if you are on my email list, you might have seen an email about this, but I'm going to go into a little bit more depth here. Um, the first 
type of character arc is called dynamic linear. Now, it really is all in the name. Dynamic, meaning the character does change, and linear, meaning there's sort of a straight line of change. So if you can picture a graph from math class, right, with a straight line going from the bottom left to the top right, that is what a linear dynamic character arc looks like. Now, what does that mean? It means that the character is going to go from a place of weakness to a place of strength in a straight line, meaning they'll start out weak at the beginning of the story, they'll end up strong. And of course, this can be anything. It can be physical strength, like, um, you know, maybe the Rocky movies where he starts out not being able to put up much of a fight, but then he trains and he struggles and by the end he's very strong and he wins the fight. But it can be a lot of different things too. It can be um, psychological strength. It can be knowledge, strength of knowledge. Um, it can be emotional strength. It can be strength within relationships, like in a romantic love relationship. Okay, it can be anything. Uh, a really good example of this is the movie, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And I may have used this as an example before, but it's just the best, um, really self-contained example that I can come up with. The first movie that Christopher Nolan did, which is a little bit less known, is called Batman Begins, okay? That was the first one he did with Christian Bale. And that is a very good example of a dynamic linear arc, okay? Because in the beginning, Bruce Wayne is weak in every sense of the word, okay? He's emotionally weak. He's psychologically weak. He's undisciplined. Of course, he's physically weak. Um, we even have a part where his girlfriend, Katie Holmes, slaps him in the face for being weak, okay, because she's so angry about something that he was planning to do, okay? You don't get any more rock bottom than that. And then throughout the course of the film, we see him turn into the Batman that we know from the comics. He becomes physically strong, emotionally strong, psychologically strong. He learns to discipline not only his body, but his mind. And so he goes to a place of strength. And that is what helps him to win the battle against the villain in that film. Now, notice when I described that, I did not talk about plot at all. I mentioned the villain, but I didn't get into the conflict at all. Okay, we are just talking about the internal character arc here. We need to see our characters change, grow, overcome. That's the biggest thing. And the dynamic linear is probably the most common character arc because we always like to start our characters from a place of weakness and take them to a place of strength. Now, of course, we could talk about nuances and details. Um, maybe you are kind of doing an anti-character arc where you're taking someone from a place of strength to a place of weakness. Probably the best example of this would be an Anakin Skywalker thing. And it's not a physical strength, but he starts out being very emotional strong, being affectionate and loving and decent and having good morals. And we all know where he ends up, okay? He goes downhill. And so it would actually be the same, only he would be going from a place of strength, again, that's emotional strength, to a place of weakness where he has been, allowed himself to be manipulated and literally gone over to the dark side. I mean, that's where that expression comes from, right? Um, so in that case, you might think of it as the graph being from uh, top left to bottom right, okay? But either way, we're still seeing a linear and dynamic change, okay? So that's number one. Number two is dynamic shift. Now, what does this mean? It still has dynamic in the title, so obviously there's still gonna be a change. But the reason it's called shift instead of linear is because it's when the character already starts out at a place of strength. So yeah, they could become stronger in some things or in various ways, you could see it that way, but a lot of times they just become strong in a different way. So if you think about them being at the top of that graph, right? In the first movie, Batman, Bruce Wayne, went from the bottom left to the top right. At the beginning of The Dark Knight, he's already at the top right. So yeah, he can still go up, but 
he might just become strong in a different way, which means he stays at that same level, but he shifts to a different kind of strength. And yes, I'm going to use the Dark Knight as the example because this is exactly what we see in the second Batman movie. And honestly, I believe that this is the reason that movie was so powerful and was so successful. There's a lot of things that went into that, a lot of performances, a lot of just things that were very well done. But in this case, they start Batman out as being strong. He is already the Batman we know and love from the comics. And they even do this thing where in the first five minutes of the film, we see him overcome the villain from the first movie again in like five minutes. And he's just small potatoes now. He's not a big deal to Batman because Batman has transcended beyond what it took to overcome that villain, right? So how can he become any stronger than that? Well, by the end of the movie, we see him be willing to shoulder a great injustice and um, take the blame, even though he's innocent, for something he didn't do. And that takes a whole different kind of strength. We're not talking about Batman's physical strength and all of his toys and gadgets, or even Bruce Wayne's money. We're talking about an immense psychological stress that you would have to take on in order to um, be willing to be thought of as the bad guy when really you are completely innocent. Okay, so that's dynamic shift. He's still as strong as he was, but he's acquiring a different kind of strength, shifting to a different, almost like a different plane of strength. Okay. It's a transcendence and it's different. Now that's really hard to pull off. I, I would almost submit that you should not try to do that in the first book of your series or in the first part of your novel, because you almost need to establish the linear strength first. So most often, if you're going to do something like this, you're probably going to write in a series and you're going to start the first book with a linear dynamic arc. And then once that has been established, you can go into the linear shift. And what Christopher Nolan did was he just did it masterfully. Okay. He really well established what he needed to establish in the first movie. And in the second movie, I mean, that man just knows how to tell a story and knock the audience's socks off. Okay. But he did it with a dynamic shift arc. And once again, that's really hard to do. Not everyone knows how to do it. Not everyone can do it within the scope of their story. You have to have a story and a set of characters where it's possible to do that. And it's not always, and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to do it, but I'm just saying it's almost like another level of storytelling and you need to master the first one and then move to the second one, much as your characters need to first master their own strength and then move on to the next um, obstacle, right? So those are the two character arcs that I most love to work with because they're both dynamic. There is a third character arc type, which I call non-dynamic. And I know, I can hear you. You're probably going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't characters always have to grow and change? I would say yes. Um, they don't always though, do they? <laughs> there are some people who write characters that are completely flat and I would submit that that's not a good thing. I would never intentionally write a flat character. But you could also argue that these non-dynamic arcs aren't entirely flat. So it just depends on how you approach them. A non-dynamic arc is exactly what it sounds like. It means that the character at the beginning of the story and the character at the end of the story is largely unchanged. At least that's true on an emotional or psychological level. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't acquire new knowledge throughout the story. And in that way, they're changing because they're learning. But the change is not like a soul change. It's not as deep or as, you know, dynamic, for lack of a better word, as it would be if you were using a dynamic arc. So let's talk about examples. 
the place that I most often see non-dynamic arcs used, and often used quite successfully, are in non-chronological series. So a lot of times these are action hero kind of series. Um, Jack Reacher, um, Robert Langdon from the Da Vinci Code series, um, Jack Ryan. Um, and, and understand, I, I do not pretend to have read all of these series or anything. So if you've read them and you're thinking she doesn't know what she's talking about, there is character development there. You would be right because I don't have a whole lot of authority on all of those. But I'm just saying this is the type of of series that we often see this in. And we could even compare it to certain types of television shows. Um, things like, uh, I, I actually love crime shows, things like um, Criminal Minds and, and CSI and Law and & Order, those kinds of things. But very often, because they focus on the case of the week, there's not a whole lot of character building. Or every once in a while, they'll have an episode that does a lot of character building, but then we won't see anything from that character for a long, long time, right? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. When you have these more episodic kind of stories, often the characters in them don't change overly much. They don't go through some great epiphany where they transcend something major, okay? So that's why it's a non-dynamic character arc. And like I said, people can use these and be very very successful because a lot of them are very action-oriented um, they have very exciting stories and they actually from a character standpoint they really operate on the reader knowing the ins and outs of the characters like the character is so predictable in their personality and I don't mean that in a bad way at all just they're predictable in their personality and the readers can latch onto that personality and get very attached to them and then they love all of the books that are about that personality right so that actually works very well for some authors too so even though I definitely prefer to write dynamic character arcs I'm not bashing non-dynamic I mean they're some of the most successful writers in the world use them and use them well and have lots and lots of readers and lots and lots of fans. Um, like I said, you can say, you know, you could argue that these characters do change a little bit, but it's on more of an intellectual level than an emotional level. So if they are trying to, you know, we've got kind of a uh, Jack Bauer situation and they're trying to overcome the evil terrorists, chances are they're going to have to learn something new and figure out some way to overcome the evil plan of the terrorists in order to save the day, save the people, save the country, you know, whatever it is. And that's still compelling because we still want to know how this personality who we've come to know and love because we've read all these other books that are about them is going to figure it out this time. And, and there's kind of a zone of genius thing going on that is very compelling to readers. Okay. So in that sense, you could almost argue that the non-dynamic tag isn't entirely accurate, but just to differentiate, it's really more about changing on the emotional level or the soul level. And it's just a different way of telling a story. That's all. Okay. So those are the three types of arcs. Let's recap. There is dynamic linear where the character goes from a place of weakness to a place of strength in a straight line. There's dynamic shift where the character starts out strong, but then sort of shifts to a different kind of strength, if you will. And then there's non-dynamic, where the character doesn't change very much, at least not on an emotional level, but they might acquire more knowledge on more of an intellectual level. Okay, so what does this have to do with you and with figuring out where your character is going, as we talked about at the beginning? These are three templates for character arcs, and I can pretty much guarantee you that any successful story, whether it be a book, a movie, a TV show, even a game, every single successful one that compels the audience falls into one of these three templates. Now, 
character arcs are as different as the sands of the sea, right? So just because you're using one of these templates doesn't mean that your character arc will not be unique. It is the details that you, as the writer, will put in that will make it compelling and will make it unique. But if you're not following one of these character arcs, one of these templates, if you're just meandering around and hoping at some point you get to something genius, it's probably not going to happen, guys. Okay, I hate to break it to you, but these are the kinds of things that your reader is looking for in a novel, okay? They want to see this kind of transcendence. They want to see how the character is going to overcome. So if you're having a hard time figuring out where you're going to go with your character and how to make it a really epic arc, Ask yourself, which one of these would suit my character best and write toward that, okay? And you know what? It's one of those things you might think that the dynamic linear is the way to go and, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm totally doing that. And and that's, that's the one my character fits into and that's great. But maybe try on a few of the others and see if it doesn't spark some ideas for you. How could you... Uh, take this character to a place of strength and then force them to shift in a way that's really painful. <laughs> that's what we do. We put our characters through pain and watch them deal with it. That's what readers want, okay? And even if you're doing the non-dynamic, you can still give the reader what they want by you know, not necessarily changing the character on an emotional level, but showing them overcome some life and death situation and kind of making it a, a zone of genius sort of thing. So your homework for this week. I want you to figure out which one of these your character fits into and do your best not to feel stifled by it. On the contrary, use it to expand your character development within that template. See where you can take it, see where it can go because having rules actually enhances your creativity, right? Because you have to figure out how to make this an amazing story and an amazing character arc within these parameters. And that's harder than just you know doing anything you want. And I promise you, if you embrace these character arcs, It'll just open up a whole new world for you, for your characters, and for the way that you tell your stories, and for where you take those characters, and your audience will just eat it up. I promise you that, okay? So, that is all I have for you today, but before you go, if you are someone who has trouble planning the beginning or end of your story, filling out the middle, if you feel less creative during the outlining phase, or if you find that your characters are being uncooperative with the story you're trying to tell, if you need a roadmap and yet you also pants a lot of your stories, so you're kind of in between, or you have trouble sticking to your outline once it's creative, if you struggle with writing too few or too many words, if you rush the ending so that you can work on the next project, any of these things that's making it difficult for you to finish the work in progress that you're currently on, then I would love for you to go to bit.ly forward slash finish your story. That's all one word, bit.ly forward slash finish your story and download my free PDF, which is the five steps to planning the beginning, middle and end of your fiction story that will help you kind of have a roadmap about what you need to do in order to finish this one. Okay. So if you're having trouble with that, go download that PDF. It is completely free. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash finish your story. Beyond that, guys, I hope this was helpful and I hope you have a wonderful week of writing. Go out there and write those stories that only you can write and bring them to read who are just sitting around waiting for them. And I will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, 
Only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.